have a great interview for you today, and it's with Jordan from JSD Supply. Now, this was kind of the interview that if there was a technical problem, it happened. It originally started out with an internet problem, eventually it led into a computer failure. So I had to do this interview from my cell phone. So my audio is a little off, and the video, if you're watching it on the video platforms, is grainy. However, you can hear Jordan no problem. You can also see him with no problems as well. So let's pay the bills really quick. And today's episode is brought to you by JSD Supply. If you'd like to see the projects that I've completed using JSD Supply's MUP1, go to www.trb.fyi JSD. From there, you can find articles and videos that I've produced about the MUP1. If you feel like building a MUP1 or 80% P320, make sure you click the banner on my webpage to go to JSD Supply. That way Jordan knows that you came from me and I'll get a small portion of the proceeds from your purchase. It won't cost you any more than you were already gonna spend. And with that, Let's talk to Jordan. Jordan, tell me about your love of guns. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, for those that are in the audience that don't know who you are or who JSD Supply is, would you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself and how you get started into firearms? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Jordan. I own JSD Supply. Uh, we sell 80% receivers, so non-finished, non-firearm precursor receivers for Glock style pistols, Sig Sauer P320 style pistols, AR-15s, AR-10s, uh, 1911s. Um, and if anything new comes out, we'll, we'll start carrying that too. But um, yeah, we focus everything on, on the home-built DIY space of the firearms industry. Um, I guess I'm kind of an entrepreneur at heart. So I've always kind of been into some kind of business or, or side hustle type of thing. Uh, I was in the cell phone industry for a number of years. And we had a few stores. Uh, long story short, we uh, lost our contract there for our stores. So I had to go get a real job or whatever, <laughs> a different job. And uh, so I wasn't really, wasn't really into that job. And uh, so I just started kind of researching what I could do in the firearms industry. Um, I didn't really want to have a gun store because, you know, there's tons of those around and not a whole lot of you know, space for me to, to carve out my little, my little niche in that, that side of the industry. So just researched it and then came across, uh, at the time was 80% AR 15 receivers, uh, researched the death out of that. Um, just make sure I was familiar with all the laws, make sure I didn't violate any kind of manufacturing laws or federal firearms licensing type of thing or manufacturing stuff. So, um, yeah, we just kind of started there and, uh, I saved up money. I was just telling a story to a, another guy the other day that I, I was saving up money in my sock drawer. We were, we were pretty tight on money. We were, we were not making a whole lot uh, at my job. And anyway, so we didn't have a whole lot of extra. So I just kept saving up little by little. I was actually buying and selling cell phones and moved up to iPads and eventually saved up enough to make my first purchase of uh, some AR-15s and some jigs. Uh, sold a few online. Um did another buy and, and went to my first gun show. I think it was October of 2013 uh, was our first gun show. And I've been doing a gun show every weekend since then. So for the past, whatever it's been almost eight years for gun shows. So 
Yeah, because I remember seeing, you know, just on like your Instagram post, it's like every weekend you are somewhere else in the country, not just in Pennsylvania, you know, because you're around the Pittsburgh area. Um, yeah. So you're you're just not there. You're in Tennessee and Kentucky, and you're like actually moving all around doing yeah. these shows. Yeah, yeah. So I personally don't do many shows anymore. We have a couple, basically like independent. I don't know, independent contractors or what you want to call them, but uh, they they go out. Well, we have a guy in California does some shows out there. Utah has done some Colorado, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, all up and down East Coast, Georgia, Virginia. You know, a lot in Pennsylvania. Um, but yeah, we're all over. Try to do as many as we can. Just kind of spreading all out. I mean, because that's kind of a, a really unique thing for um, you know a small business. Is just getting that that footprint across the country and actually having face to face, you know, communications with your customers. Yeah, it, it's huge for us. Our, our customers love it for the most part. Um, they they like to see our representation at the local gun show. Uh, so it's it's good for us. It's good for the customer. They can come and see it, touch it, you know, buy it right there. They don't have to wait for shipping or you know whatever's going on with that. But uh, yeah. yeah, they. It, it's it's been good. I know a lot of uh, my other. I don't want to necessarily call them competitors, but other other dealers in our space. Uh, some of them like doing gun shows. Some of them hate it. Some of them refuse to do it. They don't know why I'm doing them. Uh, but we we like it. We, that's that's where we all grew up. But as far as the sales guys go, we all grew up in the cell phone industry. Uh, you know, fast paced sales, face to face retail sales. Uh, so it's really been you know great. We we really like that environment. So it's worked out well. Great. Now, one question I've had, and I've always been trying to figure out, I think I know what the J means. What's the SD and JSD supply? So uh, it's actually my daughters. So Giselle, okay. yeah, so Giselle, Sophia, and Demi. Um, couldn't come up with a name. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't want it to have anything like tactical or firearms or guns in it. So uh, I thought, well, JSD supply, I, I could be selling plumbing you know, yeah. parts and, and or electronic parts or whatever. So the bank's not necessarily going to deny me just based on the name, uh, credit card processors, you know, they, they've all denied me after, after they realized what we sell. But, uh, initially early on, it was, it was easier to have that. And so I figured with my, my three daughters and you know, that kind of gives them some excitement into seeing the company grow and their names on it sort of. So yeah, that's really cool. Cause you know, one of the questions I get is what's a rogue banshee? And for me, it, um, Rogue is one of our current dogs. And Banshee was a dog we had uh, a while back that we actually think Banshee came back to us in Rogue. She's just like, so when we came up with name, you know, it, it, it's kind of nice to tie that back into your family. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You get, you get a little bit of ownership. And I understand the whole JSD supply because. You know, for me, when I had an FFL, I was Eagle Eye Shooter Supply. And everybody I talked to about credit card processing was instantly, you're a high risk. Right. Uh, so your credit card processing fees are going to be sky high. Uh, you are going to get audited. These weird audits just come out of the blue. Um, yeah. And they're like, and when I would do a sale to another SSL, I mean, we're talking about, you know, thousands of dollars transferring between. And I go, well, this is an out of the ordinary 
transaction. So we're yeah. gonna take we're gonna take that money and we're gonna hold it in escrow for thirty days on you. Right. Right. And you're like, well, you're a you're you're a millionaire. You're a self made millionaire. So what you don't have that money for thirty days. Exactly. Let well, the bank borrow yeah. it. Yeah. Gun dealers just have money, right? Yeah. Just laying around. Uh, yeah. It's like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I understand that. Cause, uh, you know, I, I, I talked to my wife and I'm like, if we ever did it again, we learned so many ways of hell not to do this, um, that we would do it. You know, we would do it a different way. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd have a different name, uh, you know, that even the domain name for the, for the gun company was long. So we learned to not have long domain names. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's funny how you, you kind of run into those things um, after the fact. Um, right. And, and, and then, like, like, you learned the hard way, and I learned the hard way about credit card processing. It's, it's tough. Um, oh, they, yeah. They don't want to deal. They don't want to deal with you. I think I went through three processes. I got dropped by three processors. And then um, I, just, I just stopped. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. This is going to be... Cash only. If you're going to buy online for me, unfortunately, you're going to have to send me a, a money, money order. order. Yeah. Yep. Um, which it's tough. Uh, you know, it's tough to keep yeah. that business going like that. Yeah. And it's convenient. You know, credit cards are convenient. So yeah, we had the same thing, man. We went through everybody. Uh, I mean, I can name, I can start naming them. We'd be here all day, but any, anyone you've ever seen advertised at all, we've used and they've all shut us off after a little <laughs> while or, or just never picked us up. Uh, or lied and said that they would take us, uh, and then later on not. So we we have a really good one right now. Uh, Blue Dog uh, is the name of the the processor. We've been with them for maybe two years now, or or so, or three possibly. They're really good. They're they're dedicated to the gun industry. Um, I refer everybody to them. I don't know how many people my sales guy has signed up. So hopefully he's happy with all the referral business. But yeah, they've been really good so far. So if we, we we have no complaints there. Yeah, I see. That's and you're you're getting the advantage of that. Back when I was doing credit card processing, you, we, there was not there wasn't such a thing as a gun friendly credit card processor. Yeah, um, you know, there was there was some that tolerated you, um, you know, and then um, uh, you know the the savior for the industry was going to be GunPal um, or, oh, okay. or GPal, okay. and then and then they collapsed and. Took everybody's money. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Jeez. So it was um, it was just shy of a Ponzi scheme. Wow. Um, he was he he was trying so hard to come up with a gun friendly uh, alternative to like um, uh, PayPal. Yeah, yeah. But it was it, he was running into the same problems with his backend, where oh. doing all the settlements. And he had to keep opening up new accounts to keep doing settlements. And then they started taking more and more money from them. And then finally he just went, he just went under. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I was out like $2,000 when that collapsed finally. That's crazy. Yeah. I've got a couple of buddies in the industry right now that um, they got real close to the chargeback threshold and then since they were gun industry, they shut them off, kept all their money. Like, well, we, we think you're at risk. So we're going to keep all this money. It's like, well, I, I need that for inventory. Like, yeah. how do you, you know, I, so I don't know. It, it's been tough for the whole industry. Um, 
starting to started to settle down a little bit after uh, you know Trump got in as far as you know banking and stuff. But uh, who knows what's going to happen now with Biden? I'm sure he's going to eventually push push back against the financial institutions well, and stuff. So, well, plus Biden being from the banking capital of the United States, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, just about every bank. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I used to live in Delaware and I used to work in Wilmington. Um, you know, every bank had a process, had a, you know, had a building inside of Wilmington, uh, because of, well, there's two reasons. Because number one, of interest rates, Delaware allowed very large interest rates. And number two is the, um, hostile takeover laws were pretty tough. Uh, oh. in Delaware, in Delaware, if you were, in, if you were a company in going through a hostile takeover, you can incorporate in Delaware in an hour. Yeah. And, and they're the, they were like the second hardest hostile takeover laws in the country. So you would see like hostile takeovers just end. Yeah. Well, now Delaware gets all that nice tax revenue coming in. Um, but yeah, you can, you can incorporate in an hour in Delaware without even stepping foot inside the state. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And so, so now all the banks ran there and now, you know, you know, Sleepy Joe's there. Um, yeah. Kinda, right. His, his place is just outside Wilmington there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that plays out. And, and trust me, everybody, when I lived in Delaware, I tried so hard to vote him out. Um, just, I, I, I just couldn't do it. Uh, You're just one know, man. This one man, I can <laughs> so far. Um, right. So, uh, so anyways, go, going back on, on topic a little bit. Uh, so you're talking about 80% uh, firearms. Uh, I like to call them home-built firearms. Yeah. Um, I, hate, I hate the whole ghost gun. Um, right. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's, it's a scare tactic that the politicians use. But what is a home-built or 80% firearm? So but there's a definition of what a firearm is. So that's been established. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's like what, four or five different pieces that, that make some, an object a firearm. So we take a current receiver that is a firearm and we back out those few specifications. So like for an AR-15, it's the easiest one people can probably visualize. So uh, the fire control pocket where the trigger and the hammer goes into, that pocket is solid instead of milled out. So, uh, and then also the trigger pin hole, uh, the hammer pin hole, the safety hole and the trigger slot. Those are all solid. That whole cavity is solid. So that's what, uh, along with, I guess that's what makes an AR-15, uh, a firearm, a, a serialized firearm today, I guess, kind of. Um, so that's just kind of, uh, what you do. So you back it out to where those features are not present in the item that you're trying to produce. Um, so like for our six hour P320 product, um, it has rails. Uh, I'm not sure if, how familiar everybody is with it, but it's, uh, it's a stamped piece of metal. There's rails that, that need to be bent down. So that's part of it. So there's no rails present. And then when they're bent down, they're over length. So they need to be trimmed back as well. So there's kind of a two-step process for the rails and then all of the holes down each side of that that would hold the the trigger and the sear and then different different things uh are all solid so you have to drill all of those those pieces out that's what atf deemed was not a firearm um it takes forever uh we're over three years on on one product right now that 
we just heard back from the ATF like two weeks ago said that they're not going to give me a letter determination letter one way or the other until this new rule change either goes or doesn't go. So uh, it's basically up to the ATF on what is considered a non-firearm. They call them a precursor receiver, I guess. Uh, so it's up to them what it is. We we can read the definition and understand what it says and remove those parts and make it not a receiver by definition. But it's it's really up to the ATF on what they're going to come after you for. So and nobody wants to go to court. So I, you know, that's just how it is for the time being. Sure. <laughs> sure. So so why build? Uh, a gun from home at home from using the eighty percent. Why? Why would someone want to go into that activity? Yeah. So, so number one, first and foremost, it's privacy. Everybody wants to do it without, um, you know, oversight from a from a, you know, crazy government. Basically, um, you see what they're doing now. They're making everybody wear masks and the whole thing. So, you know, this huge overreach of government. Is, is the number one reason why, why people utilize their constitutional rights. Um, the second one is it's just a hobby. It's just like anything else, building RC cars or boats or uh, working on your car, changing out parts on your car to make it go faster or whatever. Um, you know, it, it's hobby, hobbyists. Um, and it's cool. I mean, you can make it whatever you want from the very beginning. And you get to say that you made this firearm. You know, nobody else has this. I made this, uh, that sort of thing. We get a lot of guys that, that, uh, and girls that, that build for that reason. Um, over the last year and a half or however long this, this whole thing's lasted, uh, people have bought them primarily for self-defense. Uh, when the whole industry was out of stock on virtually everything, uh, we, we kept up pretty well and the, and the 80% industry kept up fairly well with, with demand. Uh, so, so guys would, would buy, to create their own firearm for, for self-defense because they couldn't go to the store and buy it or their state was locked down and gun shops were shut down. They couldn't go and, and buy it. So, you know, we were able to, to help, uh, you know, in that regard as well. So that, that's been a, a up and coming reason why more and more people were buying and, and deciding to go the, the DIY route or the home built home built route. Now, even though you can build these things uh, federally, it's allowed. Right. Um, there, there still are some some places where there are laws about them. Um, you know, I live in Montana. Uh, I built, you know, your um, P320 them up one, mm -hmm. um, built a couple of them, uh, a couple of 1911s. They're allowed here, but you do need to be careful about some places. Uh, and California being, you know, the one elephant in the room there. Mm -hmm. um, so you still need, even though you can do this stuff, you still do, you still need to check your local laws yeah, to make sure that you're still allowed to do it. Cause you know, um, just because the ATF says that you can do it doesn't mean that your local sheriff is going to allow you to do it because your laws are different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need to check your local laws. Like you said, federally, there is no, prohibition on, on homemade firearms. They're trying to change that, uh, whether they will or not, uh, you know, who knows, but yeah, as of right now, federally, there's nothing that's preventing you from doing it. Certain States have different, different laws too. You really need to pay attention. Like California, you can do it, but you have to follow their, uh, guidelines for serialization and, and, uh, you know, safe firearms, uh, act or whatever they have out there. New York's the same way. Um, New Jersey, 
they claim that they have a total prohibition on it. Um, I don't know if that's really what the law says, but they've, they've sued some, some dealers for shipping into New Jersey. So, uh, Nevada just, just, uh, created another law that it's kind of weird, but anyway, they're, they're, it's being fought right now by polymer 80, uh, and I believe firearms policy coalition, also FPC, I think they're kind of heading that up too. So, um, there's always little things you need to pay attention to, uh, and make sure that, that you're following the law. Pennsylvania back in 20, I think it was 2020, the beginning of, of 2020, they actually required us to be F- an FFL and perform a background check, a Pennsylvania instant check uh, on the sale of an 80% receiver. And it was so outlandish that there was no way that you could track any of this stuff that they were requiring us to do. So um, they got, it eventually got, uh, you know, there was a stay or, or an injunction put on it. Um, so I, I think that's still pending through court. I don't know what, if that's been settled or not, but as of now in Pennsylvania, everything's, you know, back to normal. You can build your own firearms. So yeah, you just got to pay attention. Stuff's changing on a local level. So, you know, and we talked a little bit about your, um, your P320, the, the month one. So talk to me about how you just decided this is the gun that I'm going to create an 80% for. Yeah. So early on when we, when we first started going down that path, you know, Paula Moretti came out with the Glock pistol that was wildly still is wildly popular. So uh, there's no sense in us creating another me too product. I mean, it's already there. It's a solid product. Um, so we just started thinking about different, different pistols. Cause that's what we like. Uh, and the P320 was starting to gain popularity, a lot of modularity with it. So um, that's actually what, MUP stands for modular universal pistol. That's our first product. So the MUP one or the MUP one. So in our eyes and in our view early on, this looks like it could be an AR 15 type of of firearm where there's going to be all kinds of accessories for it one day, different slides, barrels. Um, You know, we're starting to see that now with the chassis systems uh, where you drop in the the fire control group into a chassis and essentially create a, a, short, you know, carbine style rifle. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of things you can do to it. Also, uh, it was one of the easier ones to, to produce. Um, it's, it's ends up being a, just a stamped piece of steel. So it was easy to kind of reverse engineer, um, you know, and the, the small network of people that I utilized at the time, you know, are very capable of, uh, you know, doing the CAD work and the, and the drawing engineer drawings and stuff on it. So, um, it just kind of all fell into place. Um, and, and, and we got an approval from the ATF, you know, a positive determination letter from them saying it, this, this piece is not a firearm. So, um, and we've been hitting it pretty hard since then, but nothing's been approved. So, uh, it's been, like I said, over three years on one product and two and a half years or so on, on two other products that we've sent down. So, um, that's kind of why we landed there. So, uh, I didn't even really, I, I was a Glock guy before we did the P320. Um, now I, I, the, I like all the, the different grips and stuff you can get. It really fits your, you can get it to fit your hand pretty well. So, um, it's, it's my favorite one as of right this second. So, yeah, it's the same thing for me is I, I was a Glock person. When I turned 21, the first thing I went, I did is I went out and bought a Glock. Uh, I started competing with that Glock, but, um, the problem that I have with Glocks are is the ergonomics. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there, there is ergonomic as a two by four. Right. Um, and that's why, you know, I moved over the SIG, uh, the 320 and, and the 250 wasn't out yet. But when the 250 came out, I was like, okay, that's cool, but it's still double action. Right. Um, and then when the 320 came out, I was like, this is my gut. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because you, you're, you're talking about, you know, your product was essentially a stamped piece of steel. Um, you know, well, the first time I got one of your receivers and I, I, I did that, to me, it was almost like the AK of yeah. pistols. Right. You know, because an AK is just a piece of sheet metal that's folded yep. up. And then they put the in, internals in. Now, the, the, you know, the MUP-1 is, well, it's a lot thicker of steel, obviously. Yeah. Because uh, the rails are built into it. Right. Uh, but it's basically, to me, this, the same concept. It's let's fold some metal. And you actually do do some folding of metal when you build that thing. Um, and that's, uh, it, it, it just seems to be the all round gun. It can do just about do anything for, for you as a pistol. Yeah. 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 And there's actually concepts out there to build it into a rifle, bolt action rifle, pump action shotgun. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that, that we could potentially do with it or others uh, could potentially do with it. So we're very excited to see how that goes. Um, you know, if this, if this uh, rule change does happen and they do grandfather in products, which, it says it's going to, we don't actually know what's going to happen in practice. So let's say that this, this rule change goes into effect and they grandfather us in. Well, now with the ability or the, the thought and concept out there to take a P320 receiver and drop it into even an AR-15 style of firearm, uh, or you know, if somebody crazy comes up with a, a bolt action style of rifle or a pump action shotgun or, or semi-auto shotgun, I mean, the, the possibilities are really endless. You already have the firing mechanism. So you could take one of those and, and design around that and have you know, more than what we have today available as far as you know, the home-built scene goes. So we're, you know, we're excited where, where it could go. Uh, we're hoping that this rule change doesn't slow anything down or, or you know, stop it. But that's that's why we that's why we went with the P three twenty. We kind of saw that this coming, or at least a portion of it. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, you know I know about two years ago I started hearing um, discussions about using a P three twenty as the fire control unit for an AR. Right, and you know because if you think about it, um, what is the uh, the company that basically builds the um, PDUs. Yeah, the uh, uh, fire fire control fire unit. Fire control. Yeah, fire control oh, unit. Yep. Um, yeah, they they saw, hey, I can produce an entire product and never sell a gun. Right. Because you're going to take a receiver that you already have, this little fire control unit, you're going to pop it in, and now you have this, you know, the, this personal defense weapon. Um, and then people started going, okay, well, if they can do that, what's next. And, you know, I started hearing about ARs and it's like, this is going to, I don't think SIG really fully understood this design, what it could be when they designed it. No, totally. 
Yep, totally agree. And it's the same guys that, that did that little um, XO one. It's called. They uh, they are the ones that developed the AR fifteen as well. So it's it's not hit market yet. Um, I know that they have some functional and they've been testing them. So I'm not sure where they stand. I haven't talked to them in a little while, but a great group of guys. Um, so yeah, we're hoping that they come out with just. I mean everything <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah the more they come out with the better for us well of course because everybody's going to buy your thing build a yeah. pistol, then they can go and build yeah it's it's um it's kind of funny now you've talked a little bit about those guys now you know we talk about community in the firearms industry now on the manufacturers factoring side is there almost like a little mini community of manufacturing where you talk to other uh, other, I don't want to say competitors because you're the only one with the P320, but other manufacturers of these 80%. Um, yeah, I mean, some guys are more friendly than others. Um, there's some that we've become personal friends with. We hang out, you know, spend a weekend with our families together type of thing. So uh, there's definitely a community involved and and I prefer that. I hate fighting with with people. When I, when I see these folks at SHOT Show, I don't want to have to turn the corner and hope they don't see me or, you know, whatever. I'd, I'd rather see us say what's up, um, compare, compare notes, see where, see where everybody's at. Uh, I, I do my best to help, to help everybody out. Uh, and a lot of these other folks have helped us out, uh, you know, along the way too. So, um, there's some newer guys that have just gotten into this side of the industry here recently. And, and I help them out. They, they asked me, what do you think about doing this or doing that? So I can give them eight years of experience of, yeah. of what I've done and, and the dumb idiot things that I've made mistakes with. So I hope they don't do the same thing. So, um, you know, and, and other folks have given me legitimate advice as, as we've gone through and, and tried to figure out certain things and, you know, and laws, we're, we're all concerned about the law. So I, I try to understand it as best as I can and use any of my connections to, to gain some information. And then I, I try to spread that out, uh, you know, as, as other folks ask or, or whatever. So, um, you know, I love the industry. I love this part of the industry. I could go sell guns. I could create and manufacture hundred uh, percent ready to go guns. I don't want to, I want to do what I'm doing. Um, so I, I take this industry personally, I guess too, you know, I, I, it's a part of kind of my everyday life, I guess at this point. So I want it to survive. I want it to grow. Um, you know, some other folks probably don't want more competition, but I think with more competition, it makes it more accessible to more people. Uh, keeps the industry uh, fresh, you know, and and more people have more ideas, and then we can get better products. So whether I make it, whether you make it, maybe I sell your product, maybe I don't sell your product, maybe you only sell it. But hey, it advances it. It, it keeps uh, it keeps everybody pushing forward. Um, maybe what I do sparks somebody else to have another idea to create another uh, precursor receiver for some other wacky gun you've never heard of or thought of or, or whatever. Um, we're always game for that. We want more people to create more more DIY kits and, and uh, like the 3d printing community is just blowing up right now. It's, it's, there's so many people involved with that. Um, I can't keep, I can't keep it straight as to what, what next product's coming out. I mean, every time I turn around, there's another new one. So, um, and that's been awesome. We're, we're getting into that uh, pretty heavily and, and trying to, trying to just learn as we go. I mean, some of these guys are like mad scientists with, you know, materials and temperatures. And I don't know how much 
you've been doing there. I know you've been doing some 3d printing. So, uh, yeah, I, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. I, I feel like I I'm, I'm, being reborn into the, into the firearms industry again, you know, it started with eighties and now it's, now it's to the, the 3d printing. So it's, it's awesome. I, I've been having a ton of fun with, with, with this side of, of that again. Yeah. And I have too, because uh, the 3d printing is really cool or, you know, not to get too in the weeds about 3d printing, but you can select your material that you want to print by. Now there's some materials that are easier to print than others. Um, you know, and I kind of, I've had my printer for gosh, three years now, I think. And, um, you know, now I'm starting to play with other materials because there, there's problems with using PLA. I mean, PLA is great. It's easy to print with. Is it the most stable? Well, you know, just print something out, put it in your car in the summer, and then see what that shape is after, after a day right. of sitting in the sun. Um, you know, you get some more exotic materials where they're doing carbon fiber infused, and uh, I haven't quite gone down that route. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I'm playing with PET G as a material, and um, you know, the two of us have talked in, in the past about this, and you you referred me to someone else that you know I talked to him for a little bit, um, and then I ended up remixing. Um, a Glock receiver because the the problem is you print that receiver up and I'm going to do this on camera, but people listening will know what I'm doing, but you print, you, you print that receiver the way you would hold it, but you got to put a lot of extra material in to keep it standing straight up. Yeah. And uh, I had figured out a way of actually slipping it upside down because the problem is when you break off that extra material, it gets a little rough Yeah, and then you have yeah. to smooth it out. Whereas if you can print it upside down, I got down to the point where there's only one area that's rough. And, um, but then I had to add special, these little blocks along to kind of raise it up. And yeah, it's kind of, it's definitely a gateway drug going from printing to going, I can do this better. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. It's been awesome, man. I've been printing guns that I, you know, not that I didn't know exist, but didn't care that exist. And, now it's yeah. like, oh man, I can I can print one of those. I can print this. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and just and just and just twenty four hours. You yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that's the funny thing is, you, you talk to new people. You know, I've done a live stream of of um, of my. I, I've done several live streams of the printer running, and people are like, "How long is this going to be?" I go, well, "You got another twenty hours left on this live stream," and they're like. Oh, it takes that long. Like, yeah, these things are not fast. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll get fast. Uh, the technology is going leaps and bounds, I think right now. So, well, it's funny because, um, you know, you use an Ender 5 for your printer. Yeah. I have an Ender 3 because the Ender 5 was just coming out when I bought my printer and everybody else was using the Ender 3. And then I look now at what the price of an Ender 3 is. And I look at the price of what an Ender 5 is. An Ender 5 is now the price that I bought my Ender 3 for. So, I mean, those prices just dropped. Yeah. Because, you know, they've, there's such a market for them. They're yeah. Just, they're just, they're cranking those things out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just getting cheaper and cheaper as we go and better too. Uh, uh, you know, the next five years is going to be crazy with, with home oh, yeah. building and, and 3D printing and centering and, 
you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's really exciting. I, I can't wait to see what happens. It, it, it's only a matter of time before uh, 3D printing with metal becomes affordable for the hobbyists. I mean, they're already doing 3D printing with metal. It's just yeah. that's that's industrial prototyping. Uh, sooner or later, someone's going to figure out how to drive that price down and deliver it to the home, you know, the home person. I mean, you know, I've talked to people and they go, "Well, isn't 3D printing expensive?" I'm like, you could get kind of a really kick-ass solution for about 300 bucks. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, 300 bucks. I'm like, yeah, it's not that expensive. Yeah, not really. Yeah, and you figure that filament's what, like twenty five bucks, you know, yep. for a spool, and it. I don't even know how many you can make. I just keep printing until it runs out and throw another one on. So yeah, I mean, you can probably make ten receivers. I don't know. I don't know how many. You know, like Glock style pistols. I don't know. It's yeah. a lot. It, it's a lot, and um, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, I I, I looked. Um, I mean, there's something I printed the other day because I looked at um, how I do videos. I'm like, uh, yeah, I. I can't see the camera, so I have a tablet, but you know, the ta- I used to have a tablet then off the side, and then I'm like, yeah. well, I have this monitor in front of me. Why can't I just print an over-the-door hanger and just put my tablet there? And you just start looking at things like that, and you know, this cost me 10 cents. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Um, I mean, is it the greatest thing in the world? No, but it, it served the purpose. Yeah. Um, we had this like little outdoor table that um, they have these little plastic wedges to keep the glass into it, and uh, we could we we couldn't find it. there was one left, you know. And we're like, where did these other things go? And then uh, I I just did some googling, and in five minutes, someone had that exact part. <laughs> yeah, you download right, and um, it, you know, I printed out six of them or seven of them, and it was like you know. Six hours later, we had this table back together. Right, right. Um, it's it's amazing the things that you can do now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Even if you don't, even if you don't design it, I mean, almost somebody's already figured that out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, and especially in the gun space, I mean, there's so many nerds out here. You know, these guys are awesome. Coming up with, you know, they test it and put it out, and just. It's been it's been awesome. I don't you know. I mean, the, it, you know, speaking of, uh, of guns, I mean, the plasticos. That is, I never would have thought that I would see a day where you could print two halves of yeah. an AK. Yeah, bolt them together. It's ugly. It's ugly as anything. Yeah, but you p- bolt these two plastic plastic pieces together, bolt in these metal rails, put your front trunnion in, and just start building up a rifle. I'm like. And it lasts. Yeah. Yeah, they have a um, set me 308 now. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. Set me. Yeah, I have. crazy. It's crazy. I mean, because <laughs> I, mean, I thought I thought the Plasticov was just going to be, I'm like, oh, where can we go? And then, yeah, they came out with a set me. I'm like, oh, now I want to build one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've gone, be, we've gone beyond 22 caliber. I mean, we're, oh, yeah. we're well yeah. into the 30 caliber in rifles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, these are these are look, real guns. You know, a lot of these guys have a thousand rounds or more through you know plastic uh, pistols. You know, so Glocks yeah. or or whatever else. But you know, yeah, FNs and and all that stuff. So I mean, they're they're real. It, it functions. It works. So 
Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Sorry, when we talk about 3D printing, you know, <laughs> when I talk to John Crump when I'm on his show, um, it always goes to 3D printing, and, and the two of us always end up geeking out. Um, yeah, on 3D yeah. printing, it's uh, just because it's it's so it's so crazy the things yeah. you can do these days. Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the Makers Match. Yeah. Um, so that happened yeah, in Florida. Yep, yep, yep. Maker's Match was awesome. That was the first um, first event we were involved with. I'm not sure if it was the first ever, but um, it was it was the first ever for that event, I guess, for the Gun Maker's Match. But yeah, so it's 3D printed or, or home built, 80% receivers, uh, you know, kind of like a standard competition. There was different bays and, and different scenarios that you shot and you had teams that went through. And uh, one of our guys got, uh, he got first place in... I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, one of our JSD guys got uh, first place in his division. So that was fun. Uh, we got to hand out. We, we made some, uh, we were one of the sponsors for the event. So we made some like uh, WWE championship wrestling type of type of belts. So uh, we were able to present those. That was, I, I had tons of fun doing that. I didn't shoot the competition. I just kind of aimlessly walked around and probably annoyed people looking at all their stuff. But uh, yeah, it was great. Um, so the, uh, are we cool yet guys and, uh, guns for everyone national. And then, uh, Rob Pincus was there too. He helped go quite a bit with that event. So they're doing another one in Colorado. I think, uh, a couple weeks here in August, kind of yeah. like a mini, yeah, like a little mini event. I couldn't get into the one in Florida. It was just, it ended up being logistically impossible for me. Um, especially with, you know, a shot show coming up next yeah. year hopefully yeah i'm like i gotta say i gotta save money up for that but and then they, they announced the colorado one i'm like oh i'm busy yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm busy like i mean colorado is just two states away <laughs> yeah know? and even though the states out here are really big yeah um, yeah but but so is our speed limits uh, okay. <laughs> yeah so you just get there I mean, same, same amount of time i guess it just yeah trying yeah because because if you think about it um yeah, Montana, we have an 80 mile an hour speed limit. Uh, I'm pretty sure Wyoming, it, it's at least 75. It's not, if it's not raised it to 80. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, for me to get to Vegas, it's, um, it's straight down I 15 and that's 12 hours. Oh, okay. And that's, yeah. you know, from, so that's no, that's really no different from when I lived in, in Philly. And driving to Orlando, it's about twelve hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it's. I, I saw that and I'm like, oh, darn, I can't. Yeah, I can't make it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like finally something hit, you know, headed my way that I could do, and ah, uh, oh well, can't go. Yeah, you know, I got, I got, I still got to pay the bills, so I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to do the same for work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I think we're having another one in uh, in March as well, back down in Florida again. So I'm not able to make the Colorado one. My girls start school and all that sort of stuff around that same time. So, but yeah, the yeah. one in March, you know, we'll make it back down to that one again. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, because you know, I saw the the pictures that everybody posted that, and I'm like, I, I knew I was missing out, um, but I'm just like, I, I, it, it's like that's now a new bucket list item. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's tons of fun. I mean, you get to meet everybody there and hear, you know, hear where their thoughts are on why they did certain stuff or made it out of this material or that. And, you know, what the next upcoming thing is and, you know, just 
it's awesome. You get to see, there's a bunch of like uh, first time builds out there, you know, that nobody else had really seen. Um, it, you know, they got to use for the competition and stuff. It was, it was really, really cool. And just meeting everybody and uh, you know, the competition itself was fun or looked fun. I didn't shoot it, but yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So um, talk to me a little bit about Patmos Arms. Now that's another brand that you have. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, early on when, when the, the Glocks started coming out, the, the parts availability wasn't like it is today. You either had some slides and barrels from Lone Wolf or, you know, some higher dollar stuff from like a Zev or, or maybe even agency arms or, or somebody like that. There's no really middle of the road or entry level stuff really available. At least I didn't, you know, not, not where I wanted it to be. So we started buying up Glock. Uh, pistols and stripping them down and, and selling all the factory parts that way. And that was getting expensive. And um, so we just started going down the path again of trying to figure out how we could make them cheaper. So we started doing some contract manufacturing and stuff with some, some other guys we met along the way. Uh, and I needed a brand for it because JSD supply. I mean, what slide do you have JSD supply? I mean, it, yeah. You know, it rolls right off the tongue, you know? So yeah. then how are you, you going to engrave it on the side of a slide or a barrel or, or whatever? So we, we, we started uh, Patmos Arms for, um, you know, basically for branding. And then also for other dealers, we want to be able to supply other dealers. Like I said, we'd like to help other people out and everything. So um, it's easier if I have kind of a neutral brand that doesn't direct traffic back to JSD supply as a retailer. Sure. So there, there's a benefit for these other dealers and things like that to, to pick up our products as Patmos arms versus JSD supply. So we don't retail anything as, as Patmos arms. It's all, you know, all of our retail goes through JSD. So uh, that was kind of the thought there. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're Christians too. So we kind of the Patmos Island, you know, uh, is where John was jailed for when he wrote revelation. So I was trying to come up with different things like, uh, throughout that, there's kind of like some cool visuals throughout, uh, that book. And, and so, um, kind of went with that theme. So like our new slide that we have with the uh, RMR cuts and, and some windows and stuff is, is the, uh, the revelation slide. So it's kind of starting, it's kind of starting to take shape there with, with that branding, I guess. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's why we did it. So okay. have a, have a brand, I guess. Yeah. Now we talked a little bit about, you know, we, we talked about some laws and things like that. Um, how did you get from entrepreneur to almost a, you know, home built firearms activist? Cause you're very, you're very involved. I mean, obviously it's, it's a little self-serving because you have your, your month one, Mm-hmm. But um, how did you make that step? Um, I mean, I've always been tried to to be involved, and uh, it's kind of more in the background and just kind of like uh, sidebar conversations and stuff. I've never been in the spotlight really up until maybe last year or so. Uh, I've been doing feel like I've been doing a podcast like every week. It seems like not that many, yeah. but we I, I I've been doing a lot, and um, so. Uh, so we like shooting, wanted to do something on our, our P320 products, but I didn't have enough really to, to send it out there. And with the, the viewership that they have, I didn't want to get a run on my parts and then not be able to you know, supply anything. So yeah. like, you know what? And I'm not, I've not done any kind of live interviews at all. So I don't want to like screw it up or, 
you know, look like a buffoon. So, uh, local friend of mine was doing some, um, podcasting on local businesses. I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll start, I'll start there. You know, he wanted me to come on his show and I thought, well, he gets a good amount of people watching, but it's not necessarily my customers. So if it's not great, then, oh, well, you know, (laughs) but, uh, so anyway, we just kind of started there and then, um, you and I got connected a little bit and you, I don't remember you texted or called me one day said, Hey, you want to go on John Crump's show? Like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so I blame you. I blame you for my activism. <laughs> uh, I didn't so. think it was me that was your gateway drug. I was just like, I was, I was just, cause it's funny. Cause I saw that podcast you're on. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, Jordan did a podcast. Yeah, well, at, yeah. at the time I was doing, um, I was doing a bunch of John Crump uh, podcasts with him. And I'm like, Hey, you know, who would really, really love to have Jordan would be Crump. Yeah. He would totally just eat this up. And, yeah. and you know, I asked you if you wanted to, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I, yeah. Said something to, I said, I remember I said something to Crump and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, can, can, he, can he be on like tonight? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in typical Trump fashion. Yeah, yeah in yeah. typical Trump fashion. And I was like, "Yeah, hey, you two talk and work this one out." Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, that started, yeah. man. Yeah, Crump, and we just connected. Crump and I, you know, we talk all the time. Uh, so he's always got some new information, and uh, you know, anything I come up with, I, I share with him, yeah. and he's probably already heard it a hundred times by the time I get to it, but. Uh, yeah, Crump's awesome, and it's guys at GOA. We really connect with those guys too. Everybody there has been been awesome. So, um, I guess that's kind of how it started, uh, and I enjoy that too because I don't have to try to sell anybody anything or rely on. You know, I can just kind of say what I want, and uh, it benefits the industry. It doesn't just benefit me, but sure. it's it's you know for the industry and something I really really believe in. There's not a whole lot of stuff that I will go out and, and fight for, but uh, this is definitely one of them. So uh, I'm glad that I've had the opportunity thus far to be able to be on different shows and, uh, you know, kind of get what I think our voice, at least part of our voice should be out there. Um, you know, in hopes that it, that it helps and advances what we're doing, you know, the entire industry for home built guns. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I know you've been on Crop, you've been on, um, Hank strange, yeah, uh, I swear it's like every time I, I I go on Instagram, you're on you're on something else now. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that is that is awesome to go from um, small business to just out there. Um, yeah, and because that's the greatest thing. That, that, that's kind of why I like podcasts so much is that you get to talk to people about their experiences. Um, you know, and you you learn so much just from other people's experiences. That yeah, it, it's almost kind of relaxing because you know, it, you it, for me, I would put myself in someone else's shoes and go, if that was my business, what would I do? And then, and then someone would get on there and talk about what they would do, and I'm like, okay, I would have done exactly that, and they go, but it didn't work. <laughs> so we did this. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, good thing. I'm glad it was their money, not mine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, but going off of the, a little bit of the activism, so I'm going to ask, this next question is kind of in two parts, and it's the future of JSD, and it's the future of JSD, 
Number one, if the ATF backs down on this definition of a firearm or receiver, what, the, what does the future look like if the ATF says, hey, this rolling, we're just not going to pursue it? Yeah, the future's bright. I mean, we're, we're ready to hammer it. I mean, we've been hammering it, um, but we have new products that we're just itching to, to pull the trigger on. Um, so if, if everything goes back to normal, we can take a deep breath. Uh, I need a bigger warehouse, so I'll either build one or buy one. Um, but I'm not spending any money until we know for sure what's going to sure. happen. So if they say, yeah, let's, let's, keep, let's keep going, then um, you'll see us expand quite a bit more. Um, at least, you know, maybe, maybe the, you know, the customer facing side of it won't, nobody will notice, but, um, internally and as, as a company, you know, we're up to like 20 employees right now. Um, and we cram ourselves into our, our little warehouse and office space that we have and, uh, we, we make it work, but everybody would like to have some more room. So that's, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to keep cranking out new product. I mean, we, we have the ability to come out with pretty much whatever we want. Um, it's just a matter of, of uh, making the right decision for us as a company, for me personally. Um, you know, we don't want to have a bunch of stuff tied up and, and no return on it or no, no sure. future returns on it. So uh, we're kind of just holding steady right now. Uh, we've not backed off really at all on, on what we've been doing. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's what you'll see. You'll, well, we'll see is, is growth. Um, you know, internally at least. So what happens if it goes the other way? Yeah. So we'll have to wade through those waters and, and see um, if they grandfather it in, like, like the words on paper say that they will. Um, we'll be a little more cautious maybe with, with some new stuff. Um, I don't know. We're, we're, we're moving down the 3D printing path pretty heavily, like I said earlier. So we're, we're starting to focus on what parts we can produce there. And what's awesome about that, like I said a hundred times already that, you know, some of our products have been in limbo for three years. Well, that same product, uh, I'm releasing parts for, I was going to do it today, but probably tomorrow. Um, and the 3D print files are already out there and available. So you can 3D print something that I've been trying to get an 80% approval on for three years, you can do it tomorrow. So as soon as I have the design finished for a grip, you know, or the firearm part of a gun, I can release it instantly and start moving product and, and creating more, more things. So, uh, so we'll, we'll have to see, I mean, worst case scenario, uh, I guess we'll just have to create full guns and, and sell inexpensive, hundred percent complete Glock clones, SIG P320, P365 clones, you know, probably have to change some stuff a little bit, I guess, probably to not, I don't know, get sued or something or whatever. I don't know, <laughs> but we'll, we'll approach that when we get there. So that's, that's kind of, you know, I don't like to set my heart on anything until we know for sure what's going to happen. We have a couple plans kind of just casually that we've discussed, you know, internally of what we're going to do, uh, but nothing set in stone and, until we know what's going to happen. Uh, there's no sense in getting all worked up about it and, until we need to. So, um, and like I said, we have, we have roughly, you know, give or take 20, 20 employees I, you know, I care about those people. Uh, we don't just hire people just to move out a few more orders and then lay them off or fire them. So, um, you know, I respect those people a great deal and I don't want them to, to rely on me. And then we have nothing to, sure. to have for them. So, uh, you know, we have to be cautious as far as that goes, uh, you know, as far as, the, the human side of it, not just industry and business. 
Um, I think if the rule change goes into effect, it's going to cripple the entire industry. Uh, Sig Sauer just finally put out, not finally, but they did put out uh, a statement yesterday or day before to all their Sig dealers stating, hey, this is detrimental to the entire industry. We need everybody on board to, to get these comments put in and contact your, you know, all your legislatures and everybody and, and let's get this moving uh, in the right direction. So I'm glad SIG, I've had a few conversations with, with some guys at SIG Sauer, um, which I hope is what sparked them to, to do what they did. So, you know, it, with the P320 as a prime example, that gun would have probably eight, six or eight pieces that would be considered an FFL item if this rule changes. Uh, and I don't think that they necessarily realized that until we started having that conversation with them. And I'm sure other people did too. I, I can't possibly take you know full credit for a giant company like SIG doing something, but I'm sure my conversation helped with that. And I was able to show some of these podcasts that I've been on and, and my opinion on it and several others opinions on it, I hope sparked uh, you know, a corporation like Sig Sauer to to make some moves like they are. I hope Smith and Wesson gets involved. Glock, yeah. uh, Springfield, Ruger. I mean, all of these guys have have tons and tons and tons at risk uh, if this goes through the way it's written. So, I'm not sure that they quite realize it yet. I mean, they have you know hundreds of millions of dollars in, in business to handle every year. You know, this is kind of like not on their radar, maybe. I don't know, but we need to get as many people involved as we can. Yeah, because if you think about it, for sake to release that statement, because I've, I've read that statement, um, they're, they finally realize there's something to worry about, you know, because everyone hears, okay, this is to, to yeah, I, I'm going to use the politician word, this is to stop ghost guns. You know, this is a stop 80%. And, and, you know, there's this whole narrative out there. Uh, when I first read this thing, it was, I, I was like, this is bad. Because they're talking about if you have a revolver and you need to replace the cylinder in your revolver, you need a 4473 for that cylinder. Right. And I'm like, this is really bad. I mean, this has got to be one of the worst written things. This has nothing to do with stopping, um, you know, someone from building a gun. Uh, this is all about control, right? And they want, they want total control of this industry. Uh, and I was like, "This is bad." Uh, it took me a while to write my response. Um, I was letting everybody else kind of write responses and stuff. I eventually. I eventually wrote mine and, and I posted mine out there and, and, you know, by the time this episode airs, cause we're, we're filming this a couple of weeks in the, in, you know, in the, uh, in the future here, the, there's going to be a couple of days left, only a couple of days left. Uh, this will, uh, this will air on a Monday and then the comments close. We'll, we'll close on that Thursday for this thing. Um, what would you, what would you like to say to people? You know, they only have three days. Um, what would you say to those people right now? Yeah, you got three days. You got to make a comment. That's that's pretty much the only thing we can do at this stage of, of this rule change. Um, you need to call your your legislature, your, your congressmen, your senators, everybody. You, you need to send them an email at least. Um, call them. Somebody will pick up the phone. Leave a leave a brief comment, uh, 
about this to, to them. Um, you need to have your voices heard that, uh, the, the brace band got, got knocked down. Um, you know, the arm brace uh, rule change that happened. I don't know if it was last year, whenever that was, that got pulled back. It's, it's back on again right now, you know, running with this, um, receiver rule change, but you make enough of a stink and they have to at least realize it, that, that, that the, the community doesn't want that to happen. The citizens don't want that to happen. There's nothing in it that has anything to do with safety. The parts I sell versus a gun you buy in a store are no more or less deadly. They're no more or less traceable. Um, the, the things that they come up with and the buzzwords that they use are just that it's, it's scare tactics. You and I both know, and I'm sure all of the viewers watching this know that, that this will not change a single thing. It will not change crime. It'll not change domestic violence. It will not change murders in Chicago or Baltimore or any of these horrible cities. Um, so, so make a comment. Uh, you have to put your name on it. Don't put it as anonymous. You have to put an email and you have to name it in, in the, the comment. Um, you know, whatever it is, ATF regulation, whatever the number is, um, put it in there and tell them what you think. I have some, some kind of outlines, um, that we're going to publish or that are by this time are, are published on the website. So you can use it as an outline. You can't copy and paste a comment. They don't count that. If you know one comment that's identical to another counts as one comment. So it has to have some of your own flavor into it. So tell them, you know, I'm a, I'm a gun owner of 25 years. This rule is, is not going to change anything. It's restricting my rights as an American citizen to own firearms, to create my own firearms. So that's what we can do right now um, in the next couple of days that we have left when this airs. So um, do that and, and let's hope that they get it pulled down. I know that uh, Ted Cruz was on it. Um, I actually talked to his office before they had that Senate Judiciary uh, hearing. And that was another crump <laughs> crumpism. He, he texts me one night Hey, do you want to testify before Congress? I said, not particularly. That's all he said. I let it go for like an hour. I said, well, what's it about, John? And then he called me and we talked about it. So uh, well, they ended up picking. That's like, hey, that's kind of like, do you want to sue the president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it could go so many different ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was that was a pretty cool experience. Was was talking to Ted Cruz's office and kind of giving them my thoughts on it. And some of the things I said, I'm sure other people said as well to them that they were interviewing and they used some of that, you know, language and things that we had said during the hearing, which was awesome. Uh, the two folks that they, they picked for, um, you know, I guess the Republican side of, of that hearing did an awesome job, uh, explaining, you know, what everything was and, and, you know, that we're totally against it. So we have some good people in the fight. And I think there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that, that we don't see. And I don't see, um, GOA gun owners of America, they're out there hammering it. Um, you know, they're kind of on the forefront of, of this fight right now. So, um, support them as well. Be a member if you're not, um, you know, any, anything helps anything and everything helps in that arena. So cool. Well, you know, Jordan, we're getting up to about an hour here. Um, you know, I kind of want to just turn the floor over. You know, I've been asking questions for a while. Is there anything that you want to bring up? Um, I just, uh, I hope we can keep going on with, uh, with our little segment of the industry. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I'm not ready for it to end. So, uh, yeah, I hope we keep going. 3d printing is the next forefront. So we're going to do that. 
as long as we can. Um, and I'm thankful for you and, and your channel. And, um, you know, you made one of the, the first or probably the first instructional video for our, our MUP1 product. And that was hugely beneficial to us as a company and to the community, being able to see, you know, a very detailed and, and uh, clean video of, of how to put stuff together. And um, so your channel has helped us out you know, as a company tremendously and helped me out because I didn't have to do the video. So, uh, <laughs> so, and you know, the connections you, you've been able to help me out with, with Crump and then, you know, that opened the floodgates of, of us. So yeah, just thank you totally for, for everything you do for, for the community as a whole. And, and then for me personally and for our brand. So yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Cause you know, originally you know, I just the, we originally talked because uh, you know I bought the Muff One, bought the jig, uh, ran into a small problem, sent, sent an email in. You were the one that responded to it. Um, yeah. And what was funny about that was I fired that thing off, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm done this for a day. And then I think it was probably about a half hour later, I had a response back. And I'm like, okay, this is a company that's taking. Customer service seriously, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, they took time out to stop what they were doing, respond respond to my email, uh, and I was like, "This is great." You know, I, I I continued with my build, and then it just kind of you know, it, it, you know, gosh, I guess a couple of years went by before you know we actually talked. Um, yeah, and and it was just kind of really great because because I just love seeing this product come out um you know i jumped on the p320 because i thought it was great and then i go wait i can build my own this is awesome yeah um so i mean you guys you guys came out with a really good product because i i would tell you anybody that's going to build that mark one that piece of steel that you're buying is a serious piece of steel um, when you have to bend those rails, you are banging on that thing, trying to get that thing to move. And yeah. it, it is a really good, hardened piece of steel. Uh, it's not flimsy. It's not cheap. Uh, that you know, that first one that I built, uh, I actually run it in competition. You know, nice. when I when I go shoot a defensive pistol or U, um, USPSA or any of those type of things, that's that's the receiver I run. Um, I have my SIG running with that in it. I I have I run a, a, an X5, uh, yep. you know, D320 X5, and I pulled the factory one out. I put the one that I built in because yeah. when I did it, I did the rails. I did the rails the way I want. I wanted just a little tighter of a fit than the than the factory. Yeah. Um, so I I oversized my rails just a little bit. I got the fit and finish that I wanted, and that gun just it runs. I mean, seriously, I have thousands of rounds through that in competition, yet alone practice. Yeah. So, guys, really, that is it. Yeah, we we joke around about you know it's the it's the AK version of a pistol. Uh, it's not cheap. It is not a cheaply built. It's not the materials are very stiff. Um, you're go- you're gonna feel it. You're gonna bang on that hammer a lot, and you're gonna you're gonna end up with a very solid product at the end of it. 
So I, you know, I want to thank you just for coming out with that because that was an absolutely amazing, amazing build for me to do. Uh, and, and I enjoy it and I still enjoy that build today. Um, you know, so you know, I trust that build so much that I run it in competition. But you know, thank yeah. you know, thanks for coming out with innovative products like that. So yeah, I, I really, I appreciate you know the stuff that you do for the industry, and and now with the with you know, I I, only, I, I know I use the word activism, but um, I really hate that word. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like you're going out and chaining yourself around a tree. No, but I will. If I have to, I will. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You'll chain, you'll chain yourself. What you'll do, you won't chain yourself around a tree. You'll chain yourself around a mill. Yeah. Yeah. Or a lathe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Uh, how do people get in touch with you? You know, with your company and, and, and your products? Yeah, cool. So, um, you know, again, thanks for having me on and everything you've done. Uh, so jsdsupply.com. So you can kind of see it in my shirt, jsdsupply.com. Uh, or Instagram, jsdsupply, Facebook. Um, we're pretty active on both of those. Uh, and then Patmos Arms, pretty much on Instagram for that. Um, I need to update the website for there. We haven't, I haven't updated that in a number of years, so it looks a little flimsy. But anyway, yeah, all the, all the standard. We're on Twitter too now, I guess, too. So. Uh, JSD Supply on Twitter. Cool. Well, everybody, definitely go out, check JSD Supply out. Um, I, I can't say enough. It, if you haven't done a P320 build, this is not doing a Polymer 80 build. Um, it's not as hard as doing a 1911 build. It, it kind of hits right in the middle. It's a good... Yeah, I, I, I wrote an article on my page when I my build mine, I, I still think this is a great beginner build because it makes you think just a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but not so much that you're overwhelmed. Uh, so definitely go out, um, consider building one of these, one of these P320s from JSD Supply. There, there's so much, there, there's so much fun. It's a, it's a great gun. Um, Jordan puts out a great product. So go out, you know, buy one and, you know, build your own little piece of freedom. Thanks for joining me today, Jordan. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. Sure. I had a great time talking to Jordan. He's so easy to talk to, and all he wants to do is help people out. If you're looking at doing a home-built firearm, make sure you check out my webpage at www.trb.fyi. I have articles and videos on how to complete these builds. They just might save you some time. If you're going to purchase through JSD Supply, make sure you use the affiliate banners and links in the articles on my webpage. That way, Jordan will know that you came from me. But if for some reason you forget to go to my webpage first, while you're checking out, in the comments, make sure you tell them that you learned about them from the Rogue Banshee. Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you again soon.